Great to see you here this morning. Welcome. Come back in. Bring your coffee in. We're a coffee-friendly place. All right, welcome again. We're so glad you're here this morning. I especially welcome those who are watching online or watching the video later in the week or later some other time. We are in a new sermon series called New Seasons. And uh, I think this is going to be speaking to many people who are, who are going through changes of some sort in your, in your life, in your marriage, in your children, uh, in your job. So we're going to be talking about new seasons. We're kicking off today and going forward uh, throughout the month of September talking about, talking about new seasons. My name is Alan Dice. I'm one of the pastors here at Newport Church, and we are excited to see what God's going to do. I want, especially want to point you, if you have missed uh, any sermons from the past, that you can go to newportchurch.net and you can hear the audio of sermons. You can watch the video of sermons. They're all available there on our, on our church website. So this, this uh, theme called New Seasons, we're calling it an invitation to journey along with God into, into new things. Whether it's new seasons personally, in our church, in our world. I love this verse from the book of Isaiah Isaiah writes in chapter 46, can you get that next slide up for me, Madeline? There we go. Isaiah 46, God says, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. So I believe what God is saying here in, in these verses is that uh, God is speaking to us. God is moving. God is at work in our world. God is accomplishing. And God will completely accomplish everything that he purposes to do. God never stands still. But God is always at work, whether it's in your life, in your workplace, in your school, in your community and neighborhood, in our nation. God is always at work, and God always has some purposes and plans and strategies for you personally, for your family, for your marriage, for your children. Now, this next part is a little bit uncomfortable for me, so bear with me, okay? Because new seasons... This, this is part one of the whole sermon series. New Seasons, part one, focuses on this six-letter word called change. And, and some of you are all excited when you see a word like this. And some of you are like filled with fear and dread, like, oh no, change is coming. Um, 
I'm, I'm probably one of those latter people. I really don't like change. Uh, you know, they have studies out that say uh, perhaps 10 to maybe all the way up to 30%, I'm not sure if it's 30% or not, of people embrace change and love change. While on the other hand, like 70 to 90% of people hate and fear change. And that's, you know, I, I'm right there. So, but I'm sorry, change haters. I have bad news for you, and, and that's simply that change is coming and that change happens. Change is going to happen. And sometimes the season we're in is so bad that we wish for any kind of change. I've been there before uh, because things just couldn't get any worse, and, and so, something's got to change, all right? Uh, but there is, in life, there's always new change and a new season coming. And change says to us, ready or not, here I come. I'm going to be concentrating this morning in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 6 and 7. And this is the story of a man by the name of Noah. And, and Genesis 6 and 7 describes the state and condition of the world back in, in Noah's time. And, you know, I hear, I hear people talk today and, and, and saying, well, you know, it, things, things today... The world is so evil that I couldn't imagine it was, it was ever worse. But, but the Bible says that, that the condition of the world back in Noah's day was so bad that God went to the extreme uh, part of deciding to start over with the whole world. And that, that means people and animals and trees and, and everything. And so God says, Genesis chapter 6, and this is the uh, message translation, in case you don't uh, quite recognize the, uh, the wording in the Bible. Uh, the Bible says, as far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere. And God took one look and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupt and corrupting. Life itself corrupt to the core. And verse 13, God said to Noah, it's all over. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm going to make a clean sweep. I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that will destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. Now, if there was ever a person who had to deal with like extreme change in his life, it was this guy by the name of Noah. Noah experienced one after another in new seasons. For example, uh, he was going around telling people and warning people, we think, that a flood was coming. And did you ever realize that if you read the book of Genesis, you realize that People didn't know what a flood was. A flood had never happened on the earth before. In fact, the Bible implies that people didn't know what rain was. They didn't know what rain, ordinary rain like we, we know it today. They didn't know what that was. And here's Noah going around saying, first of all, it's going to rain, and God's going to wipe out the whole world with a flood. Well, they had no clue what Noah was talking about. Like, I don't know what rain is. I don't know what a flood is. And this guy sounds like he's crazy, so I'm not going to believe in that one bit. Noah experienced all these sets of, of new seasons in his life, most that were out of his control. And God gives Noah the plans for the construction of a ship, an ark. And, and think of it now. It's a ship that's 450 feet long, that's like, what, one and a half football fields? Yeah, 300 plus 100. One and a half football fields long. I always go by football fields. That's how I measure things. <laughs> yeah. 45 feet high, 
45 feet high. Our ceilings are about 18, 19 feet in here. So, uh, you know, another uh, more than twice the height of, our, of this room, the ceiling. In case it never dawned on you, God knows how to build ships. In fact, there's a lot about our world God is an expert on. You know, he's an expert on geology, and he's, he's an expert on physics, and he's an expert on weather. And God is a master shipbuilder. He gave Noah detailed plans and drawings for constructing a boat that could hold every kind of animal and hold a few people, too. But mostly it was about... It was about uh, the animals, because the people didn't need much space. It was the animals that needed lots and lots of space. And so Noah begins to build. And, and we read in the Bible that, that Noah's construction project, building this boat, building this ark, took a hundred years. A hundred years of building a boat. It's like, well, I thought it was maybe a year or two. A hundred years of building this boat. And Second Peter also uh, says about Noah that, if he didn't spare the ancient world, God, but preserve Noah, who was, the Bible describes him as a herald of righteousness, a preacher of righteousness. So that means that Noah for a hundred years was not only building his boat, but he was going around telling people that a flood was coming, a flood was going to wipe them out, and they had better come and get on the ark to be saved. And we know at the end of the story that no one except Noah's family comes into the ark to, uh, and believes him. So we have this 100-year construction project. And, and Noah becomes really, in the Bible, the first ever evangelist, the first ever preacher going around telling people that you need to be saved, you need to save yourself. So we know the story. After 100 years, the ark was built, and the animals come to Noah, and they enter the ark, and Noah and his family come in as well. And a great flood covers the earth with the ark floating for 150 days, five months. This ark was floating along. That's quite a cruise. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise before, but five-month cruise. Confined inside with thousands of animals. Must have been quite the experience. Feeding animals every day. Sh shoveling all that stuff that accumulated, you know, it was just... You know, I, I don't know if I'd want to have signed up for the job, you know. But, but Noah and his family were glad that at least they, they'd been spared. Their lives, they, they were still alive. Nobody else was uh, who was outside the ark. Five-month cruise. And then the waters receded, the Bible says. The ark came to rest in the seventh month. The ark finally stopped floating, came to rest, uh, perched uh, in a mountain somewhere. And the Bible says after one year of living in the ark, the ground was dry enough to move out people and animals. So they lived in the ark for one whole year. Change happened to Noah and his family. Change happened to all creation, whether or not Noah was ready. Notice that, Noah, notice that God does not cause every season of change. Think about changes in your life. And realize that God didn't cause every season of change. But what does God promise? He promises to be with you in your seasons of change, in your, uh, the times that, that uh, you're going through seasons of change. God promises to be with you. God was with Noah through each season, 100 years of building the boat, seven months of floating in the ark, 
one total year of living in the ark. Noah trusted God, believed his word, and Noah obeyed God, and God helped Noah. God gave him all he needed to succeed in every circumstance. So I have three main points for you this morning. Number one is called New Seasons for You and Your Family. Maybe it's just you this morning. You don't have a family yet. So uh, whatever. New Seasons for You and Your Family. And like I said before, I'm sorry to tell you, but change is going to happen. Change is going to happen to you. Change is going to happen to your family. Change is going to happen to your children. A, a local school district, I'm not sure if they still do this, but they offered parents of kindergartners a special breakfast on the first day of school. And do you know what the name of the breakfast was? The Boohoo Yeehaw Breakfast. Boo-hoo, because my kid is old enough to go to kindergarten. I can't believe he or she is growing up so fast. And yee-haw, because my kid is old enough to go to kindergarten. <laughs> Thank goodness he or she is old enough to go to kindergarten. So, you know, they, we always go through these seasons where there are these mixed emotions. Uh, you know, it's bittersweet. And, and it becomes a boo-hoo, yee-haw moment. Because God is all about change, not only in you, but in your family as well. You know, it, we'd think it's strange if our children didn't change. You know, God designed your baby to grow and develop. From rolling over to crawling to standing to creeping around, hanging on the furniture, taking that first big step. We celebrate and take pictures and video of all those, all those changes our, our children go through. God designed our, our children to to grow taller, so we're looking up to them, you know. Uh, I don't know if any of you are looking up to your children. God's plan is that our children eventually, you know, they grow up, they want independence. They want to move out on their own. It's the most amazing thing in the world to see your, your kids get in their cars in the morning and go off to work. It's like, wow, this is different. Look at this. And, and that God's plan is that someday they might, you know, want to get married and have families of their own. So I have a uh, short video clip here this morning of a father who was not quite ready for change in his life. Let's go ahead with that. What? I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged. I'm getting married. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my, my. <laughs> oh, so, oh, my. And that's your engagement ring, huh? Yes, yes. We got it at a flea market outside of Rome. The guy we bought it from said it was at least 100 years old. Wow. So, Dad, stop it. Say something. I'm sorry, what did you say? Dad, I met a man in Rome, and he's wonderful and brilliant, and we're getting married. Mom, what's he doing? George. <laughs> George Banks obviously was not ready for the change of his daughter getting married. So, sorry, kindergarten parents. Life is full of boo-hoo, yee-haw moments. <laughs> so, you know, just ask those who just moved their kids to college or to their first place of their own or sent their children off to mission internships or mission trips. 
You know, again, it's boo-hoo, my child is old enough to move out. It's yee-haw that my child is finally moving out. And so through all these seasons and stages of life, whether it's moving, it's a new job, whether it's all these, all these things, I encourage us to, to pray some basic prayers. God, are you in this? Then I'm going to embrace this change, whether I'm ready for it or not. And I'm going to pray all the harder for God's purposes to be accomplished through every change I'm experiencing. Because some of you, like eighth graders here, are, are thinking, wow, this, this parenting thing is, is ridiculous. But, but every one of you is, is going to be a part of, part of change, uh, changes at some part. Because God is at work in kindergartens. And God is at work in colleges. And God is at work in your new neighborhood or in your new job. And God can work when change is thrust on us that we wouldn't want, that we wouldn't have chosen, but we had no choice. And God can redeem those situations. God can redeem uncomfortable situations, horrible situations, and God can bring good from each one of them. And actually, I'm going to be talking more about that next week, so be sure to be here next week for that. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, It is God who is at work in you. You are God's construction project. He is building something inside of you. And Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God isn't so much at work to make our lives easy and pleasant and comfortable, but God is much more at work to change each of us to look like Jesus. Part two, seasons not just in our families and in ourselves, but new seasons in our church here. Because at the end of the story of Noah comes the rainbow story. Genesis 8, God says, and gives this promise to Noah. God says, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So as a sign of God's promise, he put a rainbow in the sky. And the Bible says each time God sees a rainbow, God remembers his promise to all creation. The seasons are going to continue without interruption while the, while the earth continues. Seasons are going to continue. That means winter is coming. Boo-hoo. <laughs> I heard someone say once that, uh, you know, it's, it's almost September, which means it's almost Thanksgiving, which means it's almost Christmas, which means the spring's around the corner. So uh, summer's almost here. That's my attitude. <laughs> I know not all of you agree with me on that. But new seasons will continue, and new seasons continue here at, at Newport Church as well. And many of you have heard of the changes and the new seasons that are coming here at, at Newport. I once saw a church newspaper ad they were, they were trying to get people to come to their church. And the, the headline for the ad of their church was, Church the way it used to be. It's like, ooh. Uh, in other words, we're never going to change. <laughs> 
Well, I believe that, that every one of us as believers ought to be looking to change and grow. We ought to be hearing from God. And I don't want to be in the same place as a believer that I was last year or five years ago or ten years ago. I believe that God has some new things for each one of us to grow and mature as, as believers. And God wants you to change from last year. And I believe that's the same with churches, too, that we should, as a church, expect to change and grow here at Newport Church. God wants us to move on to new things and new levels of maturity. And many of you have heard the news that November 3rd of this year is the date when Pastor Merle will be commissioned as the new lead elder, senior pastor of this church. And I'll continue here on, on staff through the end of May. It's a season of change. It's new things. But we are planning for November 3rd to be a celebration day, not a boohoo day, but a celebration day, because this is what God has planned for us as a church, and we're moving ahead. I'm excited to see what happens in the next year here, in the next five years here in Newport. Uh, leadership change here in Newport is just uh, part of that, that God is on the move and has new things, new levels, new ministries, new church plants, new leaders being raised up. And our prayer is that ultimately, you know, the final mission of our church is that people come to know Jesus, put their faith in him, and be connected with a church family here, maybe for the first time ever, who've never been part of a, of a church family or have never had faith in Jesus before. So ultimately, that, that is what uh, our ultimate mission is. So new seasons, not only in our families and our, in our own lives, new seasons in our church, but new seasons in our in our world, because John uh, five seventeen, Jesus said, "My Father is always working." Labor Day is coming up, where we celebrate. Actually, we take usually take the day off and don't work on on Labor Day, but we're uh, honoring and celebrating uh, the workers of our of our nation. And and uh, God is a good example of of a worker because he the uh, Jesus said. My father is always working. He's always active. He's, he's a God of action. God has purposes. God has plans. God has intentions. God is at work over years and centuries and, and millennia, thousands of years, to carry out his purposes and plans. He's patient, and he's methodically working in, in uh, carrying out his purposes. The Bible says that before uh, the creation of the world, God had a plan of salvation in place to send his son to the world as a, as a baby. And not one of God's promises is going to fall or, or fail. Every one of them is going to be accomplished. Uh, again, Isaiah 46, I am God declaring the end from the beginning. I will accomplish all my purpose, for I have spoken. I will bring it to pass, for I have purposed it, and I will do it. Unfortunately for me, and, and maybe for some of you too, I don't know, unfortunately we get in a hurry and we expect God to hurry it up. Come on, I've been praying about this for a while, now I expect you to answer and I expect you to do what, what I want you to do. Well, how, do you, how many of you know that God isn't in a hurry? God has his timing and God works at his, at his timing. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3 says, the vision awaits its appointed time. The Bible says about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, when the fullness of time had come, when just the right time in God's plan and God's purposes came about, 
That's when Jesus was born. God never hurries. He's never late. He does his work precisely the right time. And he invites each of us to partner with him as he builds his kingdom. And so that means that God has purposes and plans and strategies at work in your own life today. And God has plans and purposes and strategies in, at work in your, in your family and in your home and in your job and in your workplace, in your school, in all the places you go, in your community, in our, in our nation. God is at work and God has plans and purposes and strategies. God cares about every part of your life and God has plans and purposes and strategies to build his kingdom inside of you and in every place you go. And so the question is, will we cooperate? Will we walk in step with God as he, as he moves ahead with his kingdom? The book of Daniel gives a picture of God's kingdom growing and expanding and, and it starts out as a rock, and then it becomes a, a mountain, and then this mountain just continues to grow and mushroom until the Bible says this mountain fills up the whole earth. And so uh, the book of Daniel gives us a picture of God's kingdom, God's rule and reign, expanding and growing and filling up the whole earth, filling up the whole universe so that every cubic foot of the universe comes under the lordship and the reign and the authority of God so that nothing in, in all the earth, nothing in all the, the universe uh, can, can rebel but is under, under the lordship and the reign of Jesus. Now the ark, going back to the story of, of Noah again, uh, the story of the ark in the Old Testament points us forward to something in the New Testament because I don't know if you've ever noticed as you read your Bible, uh, of course, the Bible is divided into, into two parts. Uh, the first part is the Old Testament. The second part is the New Testament. And uh, as you, as you uh, read through, you see, first of all, that the Old Testament is quite a lot larger than the New Testament. And, and the Old Testament is basically the time before Jesus. New Testament begins with Jesus' birth and, and continues after that. And throughout all the all the Old Testament, from all the stories and all the characters and all the nations and all the wars, Jesus is the central character, the main character, the plot of the Bible surrounding Jesus. It's, around, it's that character, Jesus, around whom the whole Bible hinges. The Old Testament all pointing forward toward Jesus, the New Testament all unwrapping and explaining who Jesus was and who Jesus is, our Savior. The ark in Noah's time was the way Noah and his family were saved. And, and there was one door, one way to get in and out of that ark. Today, faith in Jesus is the way we are saved. And so uh, Noah's ark, a, a tool of, of life and salvation, really points forward to the coming of Jesus. And the fact that there's one door... In that ark, there's one way in and one way out points forward to the New Testament that Jesus is our one way to a relationship with God. Basically, that story is that each one of us is born separated from God by the sin in our lives. And God provided a, a bridge, a way for us to come back to right relationship with God. And that bridge, his name is Jesus. He, he gave his life as punishment for our sins so we could be forgiven so we could come back into right relationship with him again. So if you've never believed if, uh, and put your faith in Jesus, or, or maybe this morning you know that 
you're far away from God. Today can be your day to come back to relationship with Him again. And perhaps you'd just like to pray along with me this morning as I, as I pray uh, this prayer this morning. If you'd just like to bow your heads and close your eyes, we're going to pray. And maybe just quietly in your heart, you'd like to pray along with me. God, I'm sorry for all the wrong I've done. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. Please come into my life and help me to live for you each day. Amen. If you prayed that prayer along with me, I'd like to uh, have you... uh, Meet with one of our prayer ministers after the service. We can pray with you and help you to know what it's, uh, what it's all about to be, a, to be a believer. And we can uh, help you and encourage you in that. I do uh, have some next steps for you, which are in your sermon notes or um, uh, on, the, on the sheets we handed out. So next steps for you this week. Number one, God, thank you for walking with me in every season whether it's an easy season or a difficult season. Number two, God, are you in the change I'm seeing? If so, how can I get involved and how can I support it? Number three, God, what are you teaching me in this season? Because every season of life, the hard seasons, the easy ones, every season, God can teach us something. And so, Um, I invite you to have an open heart this morning and to say, God, what are you teaching me in this season? And number four, God, how can I work with you in your purposes for my family, my workplace, my school, my neighborhood? Because I don't believe that God put you in that school. I don't believe that God put you in that workplace. I don't believe that God put you in that that family or that neighborhood uh, by accident or coincidence. But God has a purpose and a plan for you to accomplish and for, for his purposes and plans to be accomplished through you in that place. So I challenge you this morning to uh, come to God and, and seek to work with him and his purposes for your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, in the name of Jesus. So Lord, this morning, I thank you that you have been with us in every season of change up till now. And Lord, that you promise never to leave us, never to forsake us, and that you are with us in seasons of life, seasons of change, easy ones and difficult ones. Thank you, Lord, that you are a redeeming God and that you can restore what has been stolen. You can restore what the locusts have have eaten away from our lives. And Lord, that you can redeem and you can bring good even out of horrible situations. Lord, this morning we know that you are with us in our schools. You are with us in our workplaces and our families. You are with us in our neighborhoods. And Lord, I pray that you would begin to just uh, help us to see and know what your purpose is, your strategy uh, for each one of us would be in, in the places where we go tomorrow and, and next week and, and the rest of this year. Lord, I pray that we'd be able to serve you in all the places we go. We'd be able to see you at work. And, and know that God is at work in my school. God is at work in my business. God is at work in my family and home. God is at work in my neighborhood and my nation. So Lord, help us to partner along with you this morning in the name of Jesus. Would you stand your feet with me this morning? Prayer ministers, would you come? We'd like to be available here to, to pray with you this morning. I believe that, that God 
has laid on, on some of your hearts uh, just a, a need or a call uh, from God that uh, uh, you'd like to receive prayer, perhaps it's for healing, perhaps it's for a, a season of life that you're walking through right now. So Lord, I do, do pray for joy and courage to be poured out in every season of life. Lord, would you move among us today, pour out your Holy Spirit into each person here. Lord, where those are going through uh, difficult seasons, easy seasons, Lord, would you pour out your strength, your courage, your anointing, your blessing on every season of life. Lord, we thank you that you're at work in each one of us. You're at work in our, in our lives. You're at work around us. And Lord, help us to partner along with you as you build your kingdom in us. Lord, I bless this church as we go from here today. Lord, thank you that you're in us, that you're working through us, and that we can partner with you tomorrow and, and each day this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.